0: LeBron James has issued a powerful statement denouncing America's systemic prejudice against loudmouth virtue signaling millionaires. The statement came after King James joined other athletes in a boycott of NBA games, only to discover that the fans were already boycotting NBA games and didn't know the players had stopped playing. LeBron's statement reads in part, quote, I used to think I was afraid, as a black man, to step out of the mansion in my walled complex and enter the limousine that would drive me to a stadium full of people cheering my name. But in fact, I didn't know what fear was until I faced the prospect of being completely ignored. If this treatment keeps up, I could end up being just another obscure person scraping by like everyone else, which would demonstrate the ingrained prejudice in this country against face-flapping gazillionaires who kowtow to tyrants in China and then attack their own free country while in a state of complete moral ignorance. I think it's way past time we begin to consider paying reparations to people like myself because I have a large staff of hangers on and they'd suck me dry in about 20 minutes if I didn't have some big bucks pouring in and was suddenly just like those, whatchamacallem, in the stands, fans or whatever, unquote. The NBA boycott began when police shot a rapist who was resisting arrest in Wisconsin. In a comment to an admiring press, LeBron said, quote, This man was a saint, if you don't count the raping, and the police shot him in the back simply because he was a black man with a knife resisting arrest and trying to drive off in a vehicle with children inside. And if you think that kind of bigotry is bad, just wait till you see how America treats tongue-wagging, spoiled athletes with millions of dollars and not an intelligent thought in their head, unquote. LeBron says he hopes to start a new movement called LeBron Matters, but somehow the idea just isn't catching on. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo, birds are Also singing hunky dunkie dee. Ship-shaped dipsy topsy, the world is a biddy It's a wonderful day. hurrah, hooray, hooray! It makes me want to sing.
1: Oh, hurrah, hooray, hooray! Oh, hooray,
0: hurrah! Alright, we're back a little late in the week. Sorry about that. I had to take care of some personal things. Uh, please go. This has given you more time to go to the Andrew Claven YouTube channel and subscribe. We've got it up over a hundred thousand subscribers. We're trying to get to ten million, uh, so <laughs> please get started. And if you have a chance, leave a comment because if the comment is anything but brain dead, we will consider it to l- raise the level of uh, conversation on this show, and we will read it out loud. Today we have one from Five Liver who says, "I wish I had a wife so I could get to say RockAuto.com to her." See, you got the all wrong. You've got to say, that's how you get a wife. Just go up to women randomly on the street and say rockauto.com and uh, soon they'll be at your feet. It's amazing. It's a magical. Uh, so I saw what I think has to be one of the saddest things I've ever seen just a couple of days ago. I was walking through an upper class neighborhood in Brooklyn and Brooklyn is this part of Brooklyn is the heart of leftist darkness. It's an enclave of privileged yuppies. They sign on to just about anything the left is selling and they absolutely detest conservatives while having absolutely no idea who conservatives are or what we believe in. There are Black Lives Matter flags all over the place and there are signs everywhere including some professionally printed manifestos that make vague declarations about how the people in this house were going to be improving society through honest discussion and inner seeking and other things that won't improve society. in one window, I saw two pieces of lined notebook paper taped to the glass. And handwritten in ink was the heading Black Lives Matter. And underneath that were these words, and I'm quoting these from memory, but it's pretty close. It said, Today, I twice felt resentment when a black man demonstrated leadership and mastery. So it was a confession. As a guy or girl in the apartment was letting us all know that he or she had detected some untoward thought in his or her head about a black person, twice. It was like some Catholic guy telling a priest that he had two thoughts last week about doing his secretary. The psychological sickness and moral error involved in this sign are almost mind-boggling. Just the idea that you need to confess your sins to other people instead of to God is deranged. It's as if public opinion can guide or redeem you, but also the elevation of black people to some plaster sainthood that where they have to be guarded from our bad thoughts. It's not, that's not gonna be good for anybody, not for white people, not for black people, not for anybody. Plus, the guilt-ridden narcissism involved in thinking that high rates of black poverty Family dysfunction and crime are somehow linked to some flash of annoyance you experienced. If we could just all confess our little flashes of annoyance at one another, what a wonderful place the the world would be. What have we allowed the left to do to the people in this country? I mean, truly, I mean, this sign to me is a token of just how sick leftist culture is and how sick it has made our population. And it's a token, too, of how bad we conservatives should feel. You want to talk about confessing? We should confess that we let them do this. We let them do it. And we should know now how urgent it is that we begin to fight back. All right, let us uh, take a a pause here for just a moment and talk about, you guessed it, rockauto.com. If you have not been saying this, uh, you know you are just missing out on how much fun it is to get auto parts at rockauto.com. It's much more fun than getting in your car, which doesn't work because it's missing a part, and imagining driving to the auto parts store, waiting on an imaginary line in the imaginary auto parts store, and then getting to the counter and having the imaginary guy behind the counter Look on his computer for the part which you could do with rockauto.com. And not only could you do it yourself with rockauto.com, you can say rockauto.com, which I'm telling you, the women faint. They just faint. They do. Oh my God. Oh, my goodness gracious. Anything you need, you can get. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customer online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, at RockAuto.com, the prices are always reliably low. They don't change them because of what the market will bear. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Claven in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Also write it in there. How do you spell Claven box so they know you know how to spell it? And when you say it, say it the same way, say Claven. And you'll you'll feel better about everything. There are, no, metal, yeas and <laughs> there are no yeast in Claven. I'm just making it look, I just make it look this yeah. I breeze through it. Tomorrow, the mailbag. Do not forget you want to be a subscriber at dailywire.com. Then you want to go to dailywire.com, hit the podcast button, hit the Andrew Claven Podcast. Hit the little mailbag symbol, and you can ask me anything you want. You can ask me about your personal life. You can ask me about religion, about politics. And all my answers are guaranteed 100% correct. Duh. It's amazing, right? And they will change your life. Will they change it for the better? You got me, but we'll find out. So, you know, I'm walking through this neighborhood. And this, uh, this, this neighborhood, a lot of kids, a lot of families. This is a family yuppie neighborhood where people are raising their kids in the liberal religion. And all over the place, there are these Black Lives Matter signs and little kids are having to have this explained to them that like, oh, yeah, the police. We don't like the police because the police, you know, are mean to black people. You go by the local bookstore and every book, every single book is how to raise an anti-racist baby and all this stuff. And this is what's going on in the minds of these people, that they, that they, this kind of narcissism, that they can change things. Here is Chelsea Clinton. Here's what she said about her own children as cut eight.
1: In states
2: where there haven't been kind of um, no excuse absentee voting or where
0: there you know, hasn't been the introduction of early voting yet, you know, it still isn't um, kind of easy, fair or equal for many Americans to vote. I think it's really important that my children understand that. And I think it's particularly important that they understand that as white children are privileged because I want them to erode that privilege throughout their lives to ensure more people are enfranchised and that equality isn't just an ideal you know, it's always this way with the left. They want to bring people down. They don't want to raise people up. They want you to gum down so that other people, uh, that's going to make other people equal because they don't believe in other people. They don't believe the other people can make it. They don't believe black people can make it. Now there's a bill in California to force this st- teaching on people. A, a course for K through 12 students that's going to have teachers provide examples of systems of power, which can include economic systems like capitalism and social systems like patriarchy. And you'll learn the four eyes. Your little kids will learn the four eyes of oppression, ideological, institutional, interpersonal, and internalized, we have got to stop this stuff and we have got to start educating our own children about the truth because this is truly, truly a sick, sick way of life. And, you know, and like I said, we let them do it. So anyway, I I have the, the hilarious thing that happened while I was gone. I was just I was watching it as it were from afar. Was we've been hearing all about these mostly peaceful riots? Oh, they're so peaceful riots. No, I don't. See, I don't see no riots. That building burning behind me. Well, it's fiery, but it's mostly peaceful. It's mostly peaceful. Now suddenly the bell, the clock tolls. Polls o'clock. It's polls o'clock, right? And they're looking at the polls, and they're seeing people going like you're kind of burning the cities down and it's kind of in Democrat cities and it's kind of for leftist reasons and it's kind of, you're not saying anything and you're lying to us. Suddenly, all of a sudden, it's like, there are no riots and the riots are Trump's fault. and they're, But they're not there, but they're Trump's fault. And they, I mean, this is really, uh, oh, you know, there are no riots. No, no, you've not seen riots, but those riots, are Donald Trump's fault. I mean, that is literally how fast they had to turn on a lie. You know, they say, yeah, we're telling this. Oops, not that lie. This lie, we're going another way. It's hilarious, but it's also pitiful. I mean, it's, it's also kind of sad. So Joe Biden, obviously he's reading the polls and obviously he's looking at his internal polling, which is probably a lot better than the polls we're getting. And uh, in fact, there was a poll out today, I think, from Emerson, which is rated fairly highly as a a polling place that had the two of them two points apart. So that's that's uh, an interesting change after the convention. So Joe Biden has to come out. And this is supposed to be what is called now a sister soldier uh, moment. And for those of you who are not old enough to remember sister soldier, she was like a rapper and an activist or a hip hop person and an activist, whatever, uh, who started saying all this really ugly stuff. If black people kill black people every day, why not have a week and kill white people? was one of the things she said. And uh, she said, if there were any good white people, I haven't met them. And Bill Clinton was running for president, and this was his party, and he was talking to Jesse Jackson's uh, Rainbow Coalition, and he said, you know, if you took the words white and black and you reversed them, you might think David Duke, the Klansman, was giving that speech. Well, Clinton's team had to discuss this for hours. like They had a long, long meeting about whether Clinton should actually stand up and say, yeah, maybe killing white people isn't such a good idea. And when they did it, Jesse Jackson denounced Clinton for it, because this is the way we feel. This is our internal, you know, this is our lived experience. So Biden was supposed to come out and do that now. He's supposed to have a a sister soldier moment where we realize, oh, it's old Joe. He's not one. He's not one of these radicals. He's not just a wooden puppet standing there with the radicals working him like a a ventriloquist. dummy. no, no, it's old Joe. So Joe comes out and makes, I thought, one of the most cowardly, two-faced, lightweight statements you can imagine. Here's a, a part of it. This is clip 11
2: fires are burning, and we have a president who fans the flames rather than fighting the flames. But we must not burn. We have to build. This president long ago forfeited any moral leadership in this country. He can't stop the violence because for years he's fomented it. You know, he may believe, mouthing the words, law and order makes him strong, But his failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows how weak he is. Does anyone believe there will be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's a, a nice country you got here. Uh, it's a shame if anything happens. So brave, denouncing Trump for the violence. So uh, how brave? How brave is that man? That really, that really reassures me. He denounces violence on all sides. There is no violence on all sides right now. This is the left burning cities down all over the country in leftist cities, in leftist states, for leftist reasons, on a leftist narrative that isn't even true. You know, I and Ben Shapiro, and just about every other uh, pu- right-wing pundit I can think of, when Trump was running the first time in 2016 and he hesitated for a minute to denounce the Ku Klux Klan. He kind of had a lightweight say, we slammed him, we jumped on him. Well, there's no difference between the Ku Klux Klan and BLM and Antifa. These were anti-American, violent mobs looking ins- with an insurrectionist agenda. I mean, the Klan is kind of useless now, but you know, or dead now. I mean, they were never useful, uh, but, but as a hate group. They're kind of second rate. But these guys are very active. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Nobody's calling out Biden. No, you know, now Michelle Goldberg, the leftist columnist in The New York Times and knucklehead row, she says Biden condemned violence. Why won't Trump? But Trump has been condemning violence all along. And this is the left. Let me show you. This is a montage someone made of the left leftist rhetoric all this time since Trump's been elected has cut five. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator.
2: You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.
3: Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck?
0: Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right.
2: I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murderers. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. And you well, would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
0: Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. <laughs> That's the left. That's your left at work. And meanwhile, during the, their convention a couple of weeks ago, here, here they are denouncing the violence in their cities, in Democrat-run cities. Here they are denouncing the violence. <laughs> you know. Crickets, you know, and it's not just violence per se. It's not just the violent rhetoric of the left per se. You know, I was watching Donald Trump's speech. My plane, I was flying to New York. My plane got rerouted to Philadelphia, so I had a chance to watch his entire convention speech in the air. And you know, when he got to the end of it, there was a part that really got to me. I mean, the speech was long. I thought it was a little too long, Uh, maybe maybe a lot too long. But it was it was pretty good in parts, and, and very good in some parts. And toward the end, it got to be excellent. And here's just a cut I wanted to play a piece of this because it makes a point about the way you look at the country. This is cut number seven.
1: Our opponents believe that America is a depraved nation. We want our sons and daughters to know the truth. America is the greatest and most exceptional nation in the history of the world. Our country wasn't built by cancel culture, speech codes, and soul-crushing conformity. We are not a nation of timid spirits. We are a nation of fierce, proud, and independent American patriots. We're a nation of pilgrims, pioneers, adventurers, explorers, and trailblazers who refuse to be tied down, held back, or in any way reined in. Americans have steel in their spines, grit in their souls, and fire in their hearts. There is no one like us on Earth I just wanna
0: talk about this part of the speech for a second because he talked about the pioneers and he talked about them crossing the raging rivers and going out into the plains and settling these empty plains. And I was waiting for him to say <laughs> and fighting and fighting savages who tried to kill them. Because that was the underlying message. The underlying message was we are not going to regard our country as a guilt-ridden crime spree, which it's not. It is the spread of civilization and freedom. Now, do I know that there were there was mistreatment and murder of the Indians? Yes, there was. But that's that's part of what happens when. a a great nation, a great people spreads out. I mean, it's part of what happens. It should have been done better. It should have been done differently. There should have been mercy. There should have been uh, all kinds of deals that were struck and kept. There's no question about any of that But that doesn't mean that I don't see anybody on the left giving their land, except in Oklahoma, where the Supreme Court gave it back to the Indians. I don't see anybody giving their New York back to the Indians. Why? Because mankind has to advance. The Indians never invented the wheel. The Native Americans never invented the wheel. You're not going to be able to hold a continent on a small planet full of people who can sail the oceans blue and fly planes and build the things that have been built since then when you don't invent the wheel. That's just the way it is. That's just the way that's just the way it's going to be. And so, yes, were there atrocities? Absolutely. But there were atrocities, as they say, on both sides. And that's still no reason not to be proud of what this country does and has done and has accomplished. The world is a better place because America is here. There can be absolutely no question, because if it weren't us here, it would be the communists. It would be the Nazis. It would be some of the other people who have wanted to spread out over the earth. The world is a better place because we're here. So it's not just about denouncing violence. It's about how you look at the country. Is this a country where I have to confess every untoward thought I have to the public, to the people at large? Is this a country where I always have to feel bad about the fact that we built this an amazing nation, a greater nation than it has ever been on the face of the earth, a more peaceful, uh, more prosperous more free nation than has ever been on the face of the earth. Am I supposed to feel guilty about that every day? Am I supposed to be posting my confession up because poor me, my heart is full of sin? I know my heart is full of sin. I'm not bringing that sin to you because you can't do anything about it. I bring it to God, who can do and has done things about it. This is the difference, and that's the where violence comes in. Where you, when you're racked with guilt and you hate this country and you think it's just a criminal place to be. Let us talk about something more jolly for just a moment, if we may. Uh, let us talk about hero health. If you're like me, you've already forgotten what I was saying. And I've forgotten what I was saying, and I've forgotten who I am. So <laughs> how am I going to get, remember, to take the pills that I'm supposed to take every day? Hero is your medicine cabinet reinvented. The Hero pill dispenser sorts all your daily medications and delivers them all with the push of a button. And if medication isn't taken, the Hero app will send a notification to you or to a family member or a caregiver so a dose is never missed. Hero makes it simple and easy to make sure you or your loved ones stay on track and get the right meds at the right time every time. Your Hero membership includes the app, the pill dispenser and 24/7 support for just $1 a day. It's important cuz some of these meds you got to take them or, you know, th- things go drastically wrong if you forget. Hero even has an optional service that delivers medication directly to your door. Right now, if you go to herohealth.com/claven, you'll get 50% off initiation fee and a 30-day risk-free trial with a money-back guarantee. That's herohealth.com/claven to start your membership with 50% off and a 30-day free trial don't forget that's herohealth.com/claven also don't forget how to spell claven because it's k l a v a n so not only uh, is is the, not only are the riots across cities not only are they the left's fault They are also being funded by somebody, we don't know who. They're organized, they're incredibly well-funded, they're incredibly well-organized. Rioters are showing up at different venues, they're moving from city to city. Rand Paul uh, was attacked on the street outside of w- I and mean, how is this not a big story a u.s senator is mobbed is mobbed as he returns from the republican convention by people threatening him and how is the press just like dumping that under the table let's uh, take a look at what he said on fox uh, talking about this that he recognized people in the crowd
1: i know you can't put these people away forever but they need to be arrested so we can find out who's funding them how they're yeah. getting there they're staying in 600 to a thousand dollar a night hotels They have plane flights to come here. Some of the people we picked out in the footage that were attacking us are from other cities and we can see them in riots in other cities. So So we're now seeing that the people are being flown from Portland to Minneapolis to DC for these riots. And it is not your first amendment Mm -hmm. to trap people, terrorize them and threaten to kill them and call them all kinds of awful names. That is not your first amendment right.
0: So this is organized. These are people coming from different places to start trouble in your city or, and, and, and then move on to the next city. There's some in L.A. There was some in L.A. yesterday. And listen to their voices. Whose voice does this sound like? Does this sound like Donald Trump? Listen to the Black Lives Matter leader in Washington, D.C., your capital, the capital of the country. Listen to what he's saying, telling his people. This is cut six.
1: I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police in a grave. I'm at the point where
2: I want to burn the fucking White House down.
3: I want to take it to the senators. I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't gonna hear us, we burn them the
0: down. So whose voice is that? That's Nancy Pelosi's voice. That's the voice of the left. That's the voice of these people who go on CNN and say Trump is Hitler, which they can say safely for only one reason. Trump's not Hitler. If he were Hitler, they wouldn't be able to say Trump is Hitler. When they fly off the handle and they say, oh, there's a fascist, there's a dictator, there's an authoritarian, the way you can tell that they're wrong is the fact that they're still there, still getting paid to give commentary. So who... Where is the evidence, where is the evidence that the poor outcomes, and please don't think for a minute that I don't have a heart for the poor, no matter what color the poor are, I mean, I think the poor in this country do better than the poor have ever done anywhere else. That may be true. But still, I understand what it's like to scrape by. And I understand what it's like to have dysfunction in your family, crime in your family. I understand what it's like to have the police arrest somebody you love. I get I get all that. It's not that I don't have no heart for it. But the, the narrative that they're being fed and have been fed for now 60 years is that it's not, it's the fault of racist America. It's this systemic racism, this idea that it doesn't mean anything. If what was happening, if the poor outcomes in some black communities, because that's all we're talking about, nobody hates black people. This is the only white majority nation on earth can can say it elected a black head of state twice. Nobody else can say that. This is not a racist country. It's a, you know It's not that there's zero racism here, it's that it's systemically, institutionally, which is really what we should talk about because that's the only thing politics can address is the racism in the institution. There is no racism in our institutions, rather the opposite. If there's anything, there's a little bit of favoritism through affirmative action, but but the thing is, the narrative is is that what's ha- the bad outcomes are the results of racism, and if they're not the if you say they're not the results of racism, you must think that black people are just inferior. Well, no, no. If if it were true that de- the Democrat uh, institution of slavery or the Democrat institution of Jim Crow were responsible for what was happening, you would expect things to be slowly getting better, right? As Jim Crow and a slavery. F- faded into the background, people would start to do better. Generationally, you would start to move up through the world as the effects of these oppressive, uh, truly institutionally racist uh, programs, as they disappeared, you would expect people to rise up. And that's what happened. That is what happened to black people as they started to come out of Jim Crow, as they started to come out of, you know, as slavery started to fade into the past, black people's lives improved. Black people started to move into the middle class. Until the 1950s, more, black women were more likely to be married than white women. In the 1950s, 52% of all black children lived with both parents until the age of 17. By the 1980s, that plummeted to 6%. And remember, being a fatherless child is the biggest indicator of that your life is going to go bad. It doesn't have to, but it's the biggest indicator. I always say this to people. I've visited several prisons in my life. You go from one cell to the next. And if you're a racist, you might say, oh, I see a, they're all black, they're all Hispanic. No, no, no. What you're seeing is fatherless child, fatherless child, fatherless child again and again and again. Okay? Fatherless kids are just in danger of going to prison, of taking drugs, of committing suicide, everything like this. So the family fell apart, not. Back in slavery days when Democrats were actually selling black people down the river, not back then, they fell apart. After the 50s, they fell apart between the 50s and the 80s. What happened? The Great Society happened. The Great Society, they were warned, their own senators warned them that the Great Society programs were going to destroy the black family. It's not the fault of black people that they acted like human beings. When you pay people not to work, they don't work. That's the way human beings are. When you pay them, when they have children out of wedlock, they have children out of wedlock. That's the way incentives work. It's not one race's fault. It's people. It's the way people are. So Thomas Sowell, the great Thomas Sowell, one of the great geniuses around today, says, if we wanted to be serious about evidence, we might compare where blacks stood 100 years after the end of slavery with where they stood after 30 years of the liberal welfare state. In other words, we could compare hard evidence on the legacy of slavery with hard evidence on the legacy of liberals. They don't want to do that. Why? Because these things pour money into Democrat coffers they pour money trillions i think it's been 15 trillion dollars has been spent on the war on poverty and poverty is winning i mean there's no there's you know when when FDR did this stuff People didn't have electricity. They didn't have water in their communities. And he brought that in, whether it was right or wrong, whether you thought the Tennessee Valley Authority was a good thing or a bad thing. It solved the problem. It was meant to solve. None of these programs has done a damn thing for anybody, but they have incentivized dependence, and they have incentivized unemployment and they've incentivized uh, not getting married and having illegitimate children. And if you want to know why you're suffering, maybe you should look to the things that you think are good things that are poisonous, like that are, that are like drugs. They feel good at the moment, but they don't do anything. So here is Joe Biden talking about this. This is clip uh, 12.
2: I find it fascinating. Quote, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. And what's their proof? The violence we're seeing in Donald Trump's America. Donald Trump adds fuel to every fire because he refuses to even acknowledge that there is a racial justice problem in America. Because he won't stand up to any form of violence. He's got no problem with right-wing militia, white supremacists and vigilantes with assault weapons, often better armed than the police, often in the middle of the violence at the protesters and aiming it there.
0: I mean, just it's just malarkey. And Trump has denounced violence, but he can't denounce he can't denounce people defending themselves. He can't denounce the fact that if you defund the police and people run riot, people are going to get guns and defend themselves. Something like 40 percent of gun sales right now are new buyers. People thinking, "Uh oh, this is coming to my house. I'm going to be prepared. You know, over at the American Mind, where uh, Spencer Clavin, No Relation, uh, works, they had an editorial that sounded very much to me like it was written by Spencer Clavin, No Relation, uh, but I can't prove it but because it was an unsigned editorial. But he made a great point. He said, President Trump's use of memorable epithets as a political tool has been much remarked upon crooked Hillary, low energy Jeb, sleepy Joe. But it has been less often observed that Trump didn't invent the technique out of thin air. Long before 2016, the press was well practiced in the art of branding undesirables with a one or two word interpretation of events that they had yet to even describe lone wolf, incel, police obsessed. By the time the full truth comes out, by the time new body cam footage reveals that George Floyd was drugged beyond reason, reason, complaining about not being able to breathe well before he was on the ground and fighting erratically, by the time it's revealed that Jacob Blake, the guy in Kenosha, had a knife and was not breaking up a fight, but had stolen the car keys from a scared woman who dialed called 911. By that time, the epithet and the narrative are already firmly in place. See, Trump does this to people, but he learned it from the press. As I've often said, Trump is one of them. That's why he fights back so effectively. So now they're doing it to this guy, Kyle Rittenhouse, who shot three people in Kenosha, and they're calling him white supremacist, and they're calling him police-obsessed, and he went to a Trump rally. Well, you know, again, we don't know. A little bit of nuance from the press, a little bit of let's wait and find out what George Floyd was doing, a little bit of let's wait and see what the actual facts are, what the actual statistics are, would do, go a long way to stop these riots. These riots are not just leftist riots, they're media riots as well. All right, Thompson Cigars. Now here is here is an advertisement after my own heart. You know, my wife is out of town. At the end of the day, one of my favorite things to do is just step out on the patio and smoke a cigar. So there's no one there saying you're smoking a cigar. I just go out and smoke a cigar. Whether you're working from home or you're just kicking back after a week of being an essential worker, there is no better way to relax than with a premium cigar. And Thompson Cigar Company has the deals and selections to keep you occupied for hours on end with over a century in the business. These guys really know their stuff. They've got the best prices on the biggest brands in the business from Macanudo to Monte Cristo. Do not tell Michael Knowles about this because then you'll get there, there'll be nothing left. They have the largest selection of samplers online with the option to build your own every day in Thompson's five-pack fever program, including over 300 different five-pack options to mix and match. They also send out insane cigar deals via email daily with personalized email preference options. Thompson Cigar Company continues to be the number one choice for premium cigars in the USA. Sit back, take a break from all the craziness with a cigar from Thompson Cigar Company. These guys rarely do offers, but now Thompson is offering my listeners 15% off orders over $75 or 20% off orders over $99 to take advantage of these incredible savings. Simply go to ThompsonCigar.com and use promo code Claven when you are ready to check out. That website is Thompson T-H O-M-P-S-O-N-Cigar.com and use promo code Clavin. Who doesn't know how to spell Thompson? How do you spell Claven? That's what I want to know. It's K-L. No That's what I was going to say. You know, there's a lot of ways you can watch and listen to our podcast. I didn't actually know some of this until just now as I'm reading the copy. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another podcast app, YouTube, Facebook, and of course, DailyWire.com. And now, we have a new upgraded experience for you. DailyWire is now on Apple TV and Roku, so you can watch on your own TV. You have to be an insider member to watch live, so head over to DailyWire.com slash Clavin and use code WATCH to get 15% off your membership purchase, plus a Leftist Tears Tumblr, of course. Again, that's dailywire.com slash Clavin to get 15% off with code watch and download the Daily Wire on your Apple TV and Roku today. Go over there and subscribe so you can be in the mailbag tomorrow and solve all your problems. All right. There was another thing that they were completely silent about at the Democrat Convention and have been completely silent about almost all the time. And that's China. And I know we're all focused on the flu and I know we're all focused on the riots. But this burgeoning Cold War with China is one of the biggest things that's happening. And when you turn back to the history books 20 years from now, you're going to say, oh, gee, I wasn't even thinking about China. But China is a big deal. Ying Ma is the host of China vs. USA, a new podcast on Ricochet about the geostrategic competition between the two great powers. She's also the author of Chinese Girl in the Ghetto, which I read, which is really terrific. And more information about her show and her writings can be found at yingma.org. Ying, you there?
3: I am. Great to be with you.
0: It's great to be with you. I never get to see you unless uh, I interview you, so I wanted to bring you
3: on. <laughs> Well, I guess so, in COVID nineteen we never we never get to see anybody anymore.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Everybody is just a little picture on the screen. But, uh, but I wanted to ask you about this because I was really bugged by this. They, you know, one of the things they have done to Donald Trump is every time he says China flu, which he does now to troll them, they say, oh, what? How xenophobic! It's a European flu. It's the, you know, it came over from Europe. Uh, that was Andrew Cuomo's line. What do you feel we know about what China did to spread this disease?
3: the Democrats are always kind of delusional. I mean, even the Chinese ambassador to the U.S. says this pandemic came from China. And so all this business about the European flu is utterly absurd. What we do know is that it originated in Wuhan. We don't know, you know, we don't know for sure whether it sort of somehow accidentally escaped from a from a virology lab or whether it's the original version that we were told that somehow it developed at a Chinese wet market, but it doesn't, either version, the pandemic came from China. And because of the weaknesses that are inherent in the Chinese communist system, which is repression of the free flow of information, the repression of journalists who are trying to seek the truth, um, the rest of the world didn't find out about the real... Um, facts of of this disease until it was already a bit too late. And so, of course, China bears real responsibility for the pandemic and for the havoc that the entire world has seen since late January, early February.
0: And when when Trump talks about I mean, it seems to me before Trump, we used to make fun of Trump during the 2016 election, uh, running montages of him saying the word China over and over again. He was hammering this China, Mm -hmm. China, 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 (laughs) China, China, China. And 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 all we heard from the left was, no, no, Russia. Russia is our great geopolitical enemy. If if Joe Biden wins this election is this is china just going to fade back into this oh there are friends and it's great we want them to rise do you think that they they will stop or is there some has has trump changed the game forever now
3: well um, trump is very much a disruptor and and i think the chinese government has been very surprised by many of Trump's policies because they just didn't know what to expect and didn't know what to do with Trump's policies when, when the policies were in fact implemented. Um, what we know about Joe Biden's um, policies is that uh, we can look back to the Obama administration. The Obama administration was a an administration of weakness. It talked incessantly about the pivot to Asia. Um, Now, that sounds quite quaint, but what we know about the Obama administration is that his rhetoric actually unnerved a lot of our allies in Europe because they kept wondering, well, if you're gonna pivot to Asia, that means you're pivoting away from us in Europe as well as our allies in the Middle East. and and then in many ways the pivot to Asia also unnecessarily kind of alarmed the Chinese government um, in sort of an unexpected way because Obama was so busy giving reassurance to the Chinese, telling them we'll just kind of give you whatever you want. And when he started talking about pivoting to Asia, they kind of were surprised. They were like, well, I thought you were going to, you know, have this buddy relationship with us and we're going to have this great power, you know, G2 type of relationship, but actually you've been swindling us all, all along. And so um, that was the Obama-China policy. And what we can expect from Joe Biden actually may be worse because Joe Biden doesn't even look like he knows what he's really talking about. Um, <laughs> it's just a whole lot of confused rhetoric. And and meanwhile, you know, as you said, his convention didn't even mention China. And it's our biggest geopolitical threat at the moment. So, um, So don't expect too much from Joe Biden.
0: So the the Trump gets hit, especially like in the Wall Street Journal. They don't like tariffs. They don't like threats of tariffs. Uh, This thing with TikTok, uh, people were making fun of Trump. Is is Trump right about this? Is 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 TikTok some kind of a threat? Is are tariffs the right way to go?
3: So Donald Trump is very unconventional in many ways, which is why. Um, very conventional institutions like the journal don't like him, um, which is why a lot of conventional type of thinkers like the never Trumpers don't like him. What I, I think Trump's advantages. Have always been that he's got great instincts, even if his solutions are not always the prettiest or unconventional. So his instincts about China were right that they were ripping us off, they were stealing from us. Um, They present a threat uh, to Trump. It's the threats on the trade front that's the most serious. Now, all this talk about trade wars and tariffs—that's not, you know, that's that's something that uh, traditional conservatives and Republicans don't like to talk about. But where Trump got things right was that. China has been cheating. And you know, and, and for people who believe in free trade, we never said that we were in favor of China stealing billions of dollars from us um, every year um, over a decade. So that is not what we're in favor of. We're not in favor of intellectual property theft. We're not in favor of cyber theft. Um, we're certainly not in favor of the way that China is trying to spy on us um, aggressively the way that they've been doing here on our domestic soil. And so all of those things Trump has gotten right. And I think the the reason he's a disruptor is because he's made such a big deal about tariffs and a trade war, and he's made good on those promises that it is, you know, the Chinese understand that he's serious about it. And what that allows policymakers like Larry Cutlow to do is to actually try to tried to get some real concessions on on you know China's unfair economic practices. Um, and so I think that's what a lot of people don't quite understand. Now, has it gotten the kind of results that we want? Not nearly as much as Trump has wanted, but he has indeed changed the debate because before Trump came yeah. along, what we were doing was we were politely asking the Chinese, will you please not steal from us? Will you please not commit <laughs> cyber theft?" <laughs> Clearly, that hasn't worked. So, you know, so we and, and, you know, and the Chinese can blame themselves for what they've gotten.
0: So um, one of the things that's been incredibly upsetting, I think, is that the left's attack on America as an entity, the idea that we're an evil country, has deprived the world, freedom fighters around the world of our inspiration, of uh, the of our hope, the hope that we represent. And I'm watching Hong Kong and Hong Kong has basically been forgotten. Is Hong Kong gone?
3: I hope not I certainly hope not but Hong Kong has entered a, a brand new phase and so we have witnessed the death of what's called one country two systems which is the framework right. that Hong Kong has operated under ever since the reversion of Hong Kong to chinese sovereignty from british sovereignty uh, for the first you know for for the first two decades of, well Hong Kong reverted in 1997 so until right. last year the chinese communist government Wanted to at least pretend that they were going to leave Hong Kong alone. Um, under the current Chinese president, he's not so interested in that anymore. And unfortunately for Hong Kong, uh, they are in fact going to see just blatant and brazen intrusions in, into Hong Kong's liberal, civil liberties. Um, Hong Kong was not democratic by any means, but it had everything from the rule of law to the freedom of speech. And um, the current Chinese government doesn't really care about even pretending to allow Hong Kong maintain that um, I think what we will see is that we will have to see it play out you know there are a lot of very brave freedom fighters in Hong Kong who will continue to fight this fight mm-hmm. but um, but they it, it's hard to fight against the the massive powers of the Chinese government if you're a tiny little Hong Kong and so all that many of us could do is to to offer them moral support. Um, as you know. And the U.S. has taken some action, but those actions are not going to deter the Chinese government from continuing to do what it plans to do.
0: Yeah. I got to stop there. Ying Ma is the host of China versus the USA, a new podcast on Ricochet, and you can find her at yingma.org. Ying, it's always great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much.
3: Likewise, thank you um, for having me. It's been um, great chatting with you.
0: Thanks. Uh, I just have to play one thing before we go. Uh, While Joe Biden was making his speech and presumably reading his speech off a teleprompter, he did address uh, the Chinese flu. And this is what he had to say. This is cut 15.
2: COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just... It's a, When you think about it, more lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years.
0: Huh? <laughs> you know, it's just amazing to me. It's just amazing to me that this is the guy they're trying to sell us. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris was actually bailing out rioters and now says she condemns the riot. She was literally giving money to bail out the rioters when they got arrested. Is America going to fall for this? It is very hard to believe. Some polls are coming out still saying that Trump is uh, trailing, you know, and, and all this. But I, it's the way the Democrats are asking, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I told you, I told you that Trump had smoked Biden out of his basement, but he just didn't know it yet. And he's out now. It, it, really, it was tomorrow's news today. I told you a couple of weeks ago that Biden had been forced out, but the Democrats still thought their plan was working. Obviously, it's not. And if that's the candidate they're going to come out of the cellar with, They are in deep, deep trouble. (laughs) They are. And it's a a good thing for the country that they are. All right, I'm going to stop there. The mailbag is tomorrow. Kiss your problems goodbye. And I will see you then.